It's the Atop the Pitbox podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good evening, Fantasy NASCAR race fans. Welcome back for another episode of the Atop the Pitbox podcast. I'm Zach Dick, along with my partner, Josh Rolfus, and we're here to talk all things all-star race and get you set up for the Coca-Cola 600, my second favorite race of the year. Josh, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Zach. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm excited to talk about the all-star race, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to this Sunday's race. Yeah, before we get into uh, the race, the all-star race, a uh, couple of housekeeping things. Uh, first off, just want to thank everybody for listening. We've had some uh, some people reach out with some suggestions and some tweaks to the podcast, and we love to hear the feedback. So uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Uh, hopefully you get some value from, from what we're talking about. And just make sure that you're subscribing and following to the podcast so that when new episodes drop, you know, uh, we do tweet it out and send an email, but uh, it's always good to follow that. They usually come out uh, Wednesday afternoon or midday Wednesday um, after we record these on Tuesday. So just make sure you're subscribing and, and following for the new episodes. And also, uh, thank you to Justin Norton, obviously, for doing the tweets and the stats and the emails and stuff. So just a big shout out to, to Nort again for, for what he does. Tonight, we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, our real first guest of the podcast was somebody that uh, we figured had to be on, would be last year's champion, who won it as a rookie. So in his first year in the in the Fantasy NASCAR League, took down the championship. So uh, Thomas, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, first three episodes, great to uh, hear. It's always fun. I'm a big bar stool guy, so um, they, they did have a NASCAR one for a very short time with Portnoy and Boyer for a little bit, but um, it's good to finally listen to an actual NASCAR one through and through weekly now. So kudos to you guys for doing this. Appreciate it. Love yeah, to hear it. We're, we're learning as we go, and, and some of the feedback that we, we got was from you and wanted to hear from people in the league, which is something that we're all for. So glad to have you as the first guest. And so let's just kind of started, start out with, you know, how long you been a NASCAR fan? Well, I originally got my start growing up in Harlan, going to uh, the dirt track, um, Shelby County Speedway, for a, a lot of years. My dad was uh, um, an active crew member for a late model driver there. So I remember spending a lot of Saturday nights there. Um, in grade school, though, going down to Kansas City, obviously, that's a close one that we had. So we went um, very frequently in the fall to the uh, playoff races, skipping school on Friday. So it was great. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so really, I remember probably about from the second, third grade, from watching a little bit of NASCAR, um, actually made a trip to Daytona one year with him and grandpa, just to, not for a race, but to see it, experience it. And that was surreal. Um, and then kind of just went through the course of life and you just kind of grow up and you just, sports are more of a thing. Racing is not really a big popular thing growing up, but, um, just getting back into it. I heard about, um, Norton's fantasy league up the West side, got into that, <laughs> loved it. Um, 
also in another, I don't know, fantasy kind of a league at uh, Sondags and Harlan. So got into that too and actually came up with the clean sweep last year of winning <laughs> 600 some bucks or whatever it was up in Norton's Blessing. That was great. Um, and then I uh, actually came away with about 85 bucks on a Sondag sweeping that too last year. So um, interest for NASCAR is definitely growing. I love it. Um, trying to pull a lot of more of my friends to it and just trying to make it more interesting because these days you don't just see the young population flocking to NASCAR as you would any other sport. Um, so it's definitely fun to try to do that. And it's definitely interesting as well. Yeah. So speaking about your first year and, and winning the whole thing, um, do, do you remember who you had, you know, as a driver or, or the drivers that kind of propelled you to the top last year? Oh, definitely. I could go through it all. <laughs> uh, so Last year, well, I guess it was – I've been at – the Sondag thing, this is my third year. Um, the first year, it was kind of crappy drivers. Last year, took a shot, obviously, with the Larson thing happening during quarantine and the whole Twitch ordeal or whatever that he did. And I mean, he's just a phenomenal driver, obviously, knowing about the dirt background and obviously asphalt. I mean, he was making a name for himself with that Ganassi. And uh, um, obviously, he was the one that I wanted to have. Definitely a fan of his. Um, so he – I mean – Last year, he carried a lot of the workload for not only me, but a lot of other drivers that took the chance to try to get him back um, with Hendrick and make a lot of noise. Um, Hamlin was one that I had last year, Truex, and they were absolutely solid last year. Um, I'm Bla- Blaney was another one that I had last year. Have him again this year. And, I mean, he's second in the points right now, and he, I'm pretty sure. But he's, again, another solid driver, especially for a top-match program. And then uh, – Last year, it started as Briscoe as a, root, a rookie, you know, the $8 driver, whatever it was. Um, this year, went straight to Bris- or uh, Busher because that's the one that I traded in for last year. So, I went with Busher this year. And then, I guess, last weekend, made the trade for Harvick and then got in. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, you, you're very humbling to say that I won it last year because, I mean, it was it was a lot of luck and a lot of just, you know, things happening my way first year and then obviously winning it last year, which was awesome. But uh, this year has definitely been a, a struggle <laughs> seeing myself down in the 70s and 80s all year. So I don't know. It's fun. So do you, would you say you have a, a favorite driver either currently or, you know, a, a, an old school driver that you would say is your favorite? Well, junior obviously i mean dale earnhardt jr i mean he was always a favorite i mean he was so polarizing i mean for myself it was not i mean you go to the track as a young i don't know eight nine year old or whatever i mean obviously that's not fun to sit through for 300 some laps or whatever it is in kansas or whatever um so obviously like the video games um seeing him on video games is awesome like obviously you want to be dale jr apparently um but yeah, definitely he he got my start and he was probably a favorite of mine. Um, growing up more, I mean, we're a Ford family and dad hates me that I'm going to say this. But <laughs> there's more drivers that I prefer to root for outside of the Ford manufacturers. Um, Denny Hamlin absolutely comes to the top. I love him. I, Zach's I not happy with that one, but <laughs> that's embarrassing. Denny Hamlin, he's terrible. Not a fan of Zach. <laughs> Zach's not a fan, I guess. I know, wearing yeah. the t-shirt last year in Kansas, it, would de- it definitely wasn't a fan favorite, just hearing some of the reactions. Using, um, a, line, using a line of Denny, uh, I think he's a hack. 
but he's he's so not and that's it's so ridiculous that's such a, a terrible take i know I, i'm i'm partially kidding there but i i yeah i'm not a fan of Danny no, Hamlin, so that pains me to hear that but go on um kyle larson i mean i chase Elliott. i mean as the young generation as i am trying to get into nascar and get other people i mean everybody's so polarized around Chase Elliott, obviously he's the most popular driver, has been voted that, but I think the real most popular driver is probably Kyle Larson. Um, just what he's done from a standpoint, I mean, he kicked butt last year. Everything that he did, won so many races, led so many laps. Um, and I think partially from last year is why uh, Justin Moore made the change this year is going into the championship four instead of uh, – having everything stay the same instead of and resetting everybody at zero. I mean, that definitely helped, helped last year, obviously having Larson. I mean, he was so far in front and propelled me to such a big lead. And I mean, he's obviously just growing on me. And then another young one is Chase Briscoe. I mean, I loved watching him very sparingly throughout the truck series, but then also Xfinity and him finally breaking through and everything that he's been through in his young career. Um, He's just another interesting story. So, I mean, basically at this point, it's everybody that kind of has a um, dirt background kind of. I mean, that's the one that I'm polarized to the most because um, just what NASCAR is kind of doing with all of their series now, trying to get into some sort of dirt and then still keeping the asphalt and all the road courses and super speedways and things. So I think that's the interesting aspect. I think that's only going to continue to help NASCAR. So that's kind of what I'm polarized polarized too and kind of seeing a driver um, the chase briscoe thing is interesting too because i'm actually a, a chase briscoe fan as well and and our buddy jp is a huge chase briscoe fan uh i actually was in the nascar reddit group and chase briscoe would post all the time at, you know in the xfinity series um you know after the races and stuff and and provide insight and stuff that you know, went went to write to Reddit, which was kind of cool. It was a, a smaller community, yeah. obviously, you know, in in Reddit. But um, so when he made it to the to NASCAR and got to got to ride with for uh, for Tony Stewart, um, that was pretty cool for him. So yeah, I I agree with you. Chase Briscoe's a a fan favorite over here. So good, glad to hear that. I mean, uh, just the, the first couple episodes and Kyle Busch is just like, uh, I mean, he he's definitely one of the. Uh, so is he your I least favorite? Who's if Chase Briscoe's at the top, who's at the bottom? Careful. Be careful. I will give I will give you my least three favorite drivers. Okay. And they're 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 in order. Kyle Bush. Second second's kind of a toss up. I mean, Ricky Stenhouse can be up there any day of the week. Wow. Just how many times he's, I mean, he's not only me, but he screwed plenty of over because, I mean, my thing is Recky. You call him Recky Stenhouse. Stenhouse. <laughs> he's, he sucks. He sucks. <laughs> um, and then uh, it's kind of a running bar stool joke because they had Denny Hamlin on for one of the episodes of the podcast I listened to. And then um, Joey Sulagano. I, I hate that guy. He sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, Logano's another driver that I, I despise. I cannot stand him. As, as you, you know, listened to in the first three podcasts, I hope he gets wrecked every single race from here on out. I just can't stand that guy. So, but Praying. I, as a, again, as a guy who, that Kyle Bush has grown on me in the last two or three years, I completely understand people 
that say, you know, he is their least fade driver. I completely understand it. I get it. Um, and again, if he, if he would just stop <laughs> his crybaby antics yes. and, and blaming everybody That's else, it. man, he would not be, you know, the Agreed. most hated driver in NASCAR. I probably wouldn't like him, but I would. Uh, is it Kyle Bush? It's, it's Kurt yep, Busch or yep, Kyle sure Busch. Is. I mean, it's one of them. Somebody that <laughs> sure, drives it, It's your boy Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, that was great last year. And, I mean, as a young boy going to a lot of those things, we always took – we were a camping family. So we took a camper down there and we parked and we tailgated um, from very early Friday morning until Saturday or Sunday after the race. And I always remembered on whatever road we were in, it was in some gated thing, but wherever frontage road we were in front of, there was a bunch of like, we always saw the haulers come in and I still have mom has all these pictures of, you know, Dale jr. Coming through. Um, uh, Casey Kane, all those guys, like from the very middle 2000s. So, I mean, those still stick with me, but that's a totally different experience then as what it is now for me. Um, obviously, going to the race and now knowing why dad wanted to go to the races so much, <laughs> um, bringing your own cooler into things and being yep. of age now. So, I mean, that's it's so much fun. The atmosphere is great. Um, most kids my age would probably not tell you that scenes what they more than want to see. Um, but me personally, I kind of grew up around all the racing stuff. So I think that's the atmosphere is the most fun thing. And just being around everybody else that, you know, goes to those things because outside the track, there's all the car trailers for each manufacturer and each team. And they've all got their, little cars you know collectible cars that they got so i collected so many of those and just remembering that and now uh going back to those races and literally seeing those tiny little cars and not, not getting them anymore but you know just getting the the other memorabilia and just being a part of that environment i mean it was great it, when whenever they come to a a green flag, you know, the grandstands, they, you all get up and you all get excited. And it's like, it's that feeling and, you know, taking those Snapchat videos of them coming to the green and it getting super loud. And I mean, that, that's my memories, I guess. It's super fun. I'm glad I'm back into it. And it's something that I'll probably be into for a long time. And I'm glad about that. Yeah, that's super awesome. I, I, it's nice to, to hear a story where, you know, you've kind of been a, uh, a racing guy your your whole life and been involved with it your whole life so uh, as a new race car fan I'm only a couple years into it so I don't have that perspective so it's nice to to hear that from from somebody else so if you were the commissioner you got to be Justin Norton for a day what changes are you making to the league what are you what are you doing well I, I give the previous year's winner a little bit of Grace, you know, maybe two drivers lost before the all-star break but that actually um, that's a that could be a good i kind of like perk. that idea i kind of yeah. like that idea that's a, that's a lot um i don't know it, it's fun um it's something different because what we do down at the other pool that i'm in it's it's only six of us down there but it's it's draft it's a it's literally a fantasy football draft basically it's a snake draft of drivers or whatever um and from I'm not even going to say the three drivers that I have down there because it's so bad this year. But <laughs> um, you think it's good, but it's not. Um, as a winner last year, I think it's a good thing that they switched up how the playoffs work 
Um, me, I think I got kind of lucky that last year or the last year. Um, cause if I remember right, I was so far ahead in the playoffs at that point in time with Danny and, um, Larson doing so well. Um, there, I mean, there was only one other one and just watching that final couple races, it's just like, I don't think anybody could beat me. Um, but honestly, it's great. Get more people. I think that that's the biggest thing is advertising. I think podcasting is a great thing to do for that. Um, so like I said, I applaud you guys for doing that. Um, reaching out and trying to get a broader audience, especially in any state that anybody's in. Um, just knowing from all the names that are in the pool, um, that's great. But truly, as this year, the only thing that I would change, maybe a couple of driver slots. I do. It's I do tough. like the idea um, of of some kind of benefit for the for the previous year winner. So I think uh, there we go. You might be you might be onto something there. I think that's we might have to to think about that. Um, Zach, anything? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I I do have one question. Do you have Do you have any friends that you've got into this league that you kind of have rivalries with, or do you can Can you think of some friends now? That, that aren't in the league that might be interested in doing it next year? There, there's definitely a few. Um, I'm going to – well, not even a friend, but a brother. I'm going to call him my brother, Braden. I mean, he he's going with um, – actually, me and Dad are going back down to Kansas here in the fall um, for the playoff races. So, I mean, that was a big thing that we kind of wanted to check off is go down there for, you know, it's got every series, the ARCA, truck, Xfinity, and the Sprint. Um or sprint uh, monster, <laughs> excuse me. Um, so that that'll be fun. So we're it's me and him going down, and then my brother Braden. I mean, he would be he's kind of getting into the thing. You know, he was so young when we always did that stuff. So that he'd be fun. And then I got another buddy. Um, call him out by name, Brody Sorensen. He should he should definitely get in because he's not afraid to bet a little money around. There we go. Um, his, his big thing. He was a big Blue Deuce guy as well as my dad, avid Miller Light drinker. So Rusty Wallace was my dad's guy and then obviously went to Keselowski and um so he stick with that for a little bit I don't know if it's as much Cindric now as it is still <laughs> sticking with Brad um but my buddy's still a big Keselowski guy and I can't really get around Keselowski at all so we kind of go back and forth um on Keselowski and then Penske a little bit too so it's fun yep that's that's the whole the whole purpose behind this man is just to have fun get your friends and family and and everyone that you want, get them in the pool and, and kind of duke it out and trash talk throughout the year. And hopefully at the end, you know, like, like last year, you're out, you come out on top. Yeah. Super fun. And, uh, just going into the summer, I mean, at being as a teacher, um, obviously Sundays, it's a little bit more to, uh, enjoy some beverages and obviously watch a race and then get ready for tomorrow. But, um, last day of school was today. So obviously oh, celebrating, um, Absolutely. So uh, NASCAR's longest race is obviously this Sunday. So, I mean, that that's always a fun one with dad and a couple others of his buddies that, you know, watch NASCAR, smoke some meat, watch the super long race. <laughs> and then obviously the summer. Um, I mean, for me, there's nothing better than watching a bunch of NASCAR Sunday, drinking some beer with the family and the boys and then not having to worry about anything. So it's definitely getting to be a fun part of the year. And uh can't wait to see the season ramp up and hopefully my driver swap goes okay for me. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your driver swap? Who did you who'd you swap? Oh, Harvick for 
You dropped off Harvick? I did. So I don't even know. Obviously, the everybody else won't see it or whatever. But I, for about three weeks straight, when Dad told me he did his driver swap, I can't even remember what he did. I think he dropped Hamlin off or whatever and got somebody else. But I dropped off. Ended up being Harvick, and I mean, I had a whole thing going of like average finish, you know, um, wins, stage wins, top tens, top fives. Because obviously, that's so much in, more important this year. I think, especially since Justin went with the whole um, the low total score on the year. Obviously, you get your money back. The highest score of the year, you get your money back. I'm pretty sure too. Um, and then obviously, the laps led like last year not being cocky, but I, I think last year I would have gotten most of the most laps led either with Denny sometimes, but obviously Larson, like Larson led so many laps last year and some of the races, he obviously didn't win the race, but I mean, majority of the time he was winning races. So um, that was just kind of my thinking. So just strategically planning out, seeing, you know, not so much of top end guys. Cause that's what I ended up going with this year. Um, I don't know if I still have the note in my phone, but I went with, ended up going with a bunch of top heavy guys, Larson, obviously for 20, um, Hamlin, obviously for a lot, Blaney for a lot, Harvick for a hot, and then really dropping off and then going with, um, Busher, which he was one of the very lowest ones. Um, so obviously if I traded him in, it was only Eric Jones or whatever. So not getting a whole lot better. Um, kind of kicking myself that I didn't go with my other one. It was it was like Bowman, Reddick, and a bunch of these other, like middle of the pack, Briscoe again. I mean, that that's just the fun of it. That's that's what you pay the 25 bucks for. That's what you do sit there before the the Bush Clash races, doing all this math. And like thinking <laughs> you I mean, it's the same thing with like fantasy football. It's a crapshoot. Um, what you go with. Um so that that's what makes the fun of it all. So, yeah, sounds I ended like, up. Sounds like you're going to be putting in uh, more than one team next year. Is that what I hear? <laughs> at this point, look, looking at it, um, just kind of, kind of knowing Tracy from the West Side a little bit, but seeing he's got like two or three teams up, and <laughs> yeah. like a couple of them are doing good, and just seeing all these other guys, I got a couple. I mean, that's definitely something that probably end up doing next year because I mean it's. And this is also a recruiting pitch. Um, I mean, twenty five dollars, and you come out, you come out in the hunt. I mean, paying twenty five dollars last year, and then coming out five hundred and seventy five dollars above what you. I mean, that's it's crazy money. Um, so it's definitely well worth the investment. Um, and you get to watch NASCAR again. all year. So exactly, I mean, it's, you get paid yep. to watch NASCAR. Gives you From something to, to look forward October. to. <laughs> yeah, yep, all, exactly. All year. So, well, anything else that you want to? Yeah. Anything else you want to throw out there or talk about? I, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave the All Star race to you guys. I'm not gonna get into that too much, I guess, because that's a whole other topic. But they they screwed that up. They yeah, that was piece. that was pretty awful. So so I'm almost not we'll, even looking at time. So. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll touch um, on that. Just we'll, a little bit. we'll talk about it. <laughs> Good. Make sure to. Um, but the only other thing, kudos to you guys. Um, Thank you. Being as a teacher and just having downtime as I, I don't know the younger generation obviously we more podcasting is becoming so much more popular 
um, kudos to you guys for having the ambition to do this. Um, it's really fun to listen to you guys for the first three weeks and then just being so open to all the ideas that everybody throws at you. I know I was the first one just because I know that I did want to have, you know, a NASCAR kind of podcast that I listened to. Um, I'm not going to really plug any other ones just to take heat away from you guys. But there's a couple <laughs> others that I also enjoy to listen to. We're not to in that competition yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it's definitely fun. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air into I, like my younger generation. So awesome for that. Um, Justin Norton also, thank you for doing all of this. Thank you for the tweets. Thank you for all the emails, keeping up on everything. Um, and just everybody else in the fantasy league kind of getting – I guess me hooked up and getting everybody else hooked up. So it's definitely a fun time. It's fun to get into and uh, hopefully we get some more next year and hopefully raise that price pot. <laughs> give me right. something to compete for. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the goal is to keep growing. And part of the, part of the podcast reason is to, to appeal to people and give some value to the, to the league. So uh, appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you and uh, thank you again for, for joining us on the podcast today. Appreciate it. Anytime you need a third holler at me. Oh, definitely. Sounds good. We'll, we'll call you back. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate it. Take right. care, guys. Thanks All so much. Thanks, man. See ya. Yeah. All right, Zach. So this is the time. Let's uh let's talk about the All-Star race. So now let me say before we get your thoughts, I am a new newer NASCAR fan. You're the older NASCAR fan. I've only been a fan for, you know, probably four or five years. So everything's still kind of new to me. Um, when I think about the all-star race, I think about a format that on paper is pretty exciting. You got the heats, you got the, the open, you know, so many cars make it in. Then you got this big race for a million dollars and you got the, the pit crew challenges. There's just a lot of things that you typically don't see on a race, which to me sounds like, Hey, this is, this is going to be pretty entertaining. So I tune in, I'm watching and Tell me what we just saw. What what happened? Basically, basically, you summed it up, per, or you set the set the stage perfectly on paper. This thing should have just been awesome from an entertainment standpoint, format standpoint, the whole nine yards. This thing should have been one of the best races you've ever seen. And let me tell you, Texas sucked. The All Star Race. It was, it was terrible. The All-Star Race used to be held at Charlotte Motor Speedway. They held it there for a long time. I don't know the exact time frame, but Charlotte was the place to be. They made it a week-long event, basically catered to the fans. It was a huge fan experience. They had pit road challenges involved. Um, it, it, was, it was the race to attend from a fan experience standpoint. Obviously, COVID hit. They moved the All-Star Race to Bristol there for a year or two. And then they decided to move it to Texas. And let me tell you, I hope that is the last All-Star Race we see at Texas. And quite frankly, I hope that might be the last race we ever see at Texas in general. Because that was the most boring race that I have ever watched in my entire life. I was was watching the race and... I felt like something was wrong with me. Like I was, I was like, why am I not enjoying this? Why am I, I was looking forward to this. This was, I I set aside a chunk of my day to watch this race and I was just confused. I was, there was no 
action. There was no passing. There was no story. Like there was nothing. It was the, it was the flattest, most boring race I have ever seen. It was very strange. Yeah, and, and I think the only storyline of the All Star Race weekend. There's two storylines. Tire issues again. Again. I don't know how many weeks we're going to keep talking about these tires, but NASCAR has got to get something figured out with these tires. At at, at some point in time, it it is not a team issue. It is not an air pressure issue. It is a manufacturing issue. Goodyear has got to get this figured out because this is an embarrassment to NASCAR, and, and it is not fun seeing these drivers every single week have tire issues. So I think that's storyline number one. But so hold on, before and, you go on, how how does that happen? How does a, a, a company like Goodyear, who we all know supplies the tires to NASCAR, how yep. do they not have the testing done on these tires to to withstand whatever these teams are doing to them? That just is wild. So... With this next gen car, it was it was rushed. Easiest way to put this is they rushed this brand new car to make it the car for this year. They didn't do a lot of testing. There was a lot of unknowns with this car. Uh, and speaking of this, you know, I listened to quite a few podcasts, and Haley Deegan, she's a female um, racer in the truck series. And she might get a few starts in the Xfinity series, but this was a topic brought up on the podcast that she joined. And I think it was, I think it was door bumper clear is is what she joined. And she flat, she basically just said NASCAR rushed this car. They knew that there was going to be issues to start the year. And that's exactly what we've seen to, you know, to this point in time. However, I don't think NASCAR thought there would be as many issues as there has been, especially on the tire side. But to answer your question, there just hasn't been enough testing with this car. And there were so many unknowns going into this year that it's almost like a trial by trial by fire type of deal, which is really unfortunate that, you know, it could cost some of these drivers a playoff spot all because of NASCAR wanting to, to, uh, to rush this car to, to get to the uh, 22 season. So the issue though is tires. It's not really the car. So why would rushing the car affect the so, tire situation? So this is a tw- this is a bigger tire than last year, right? And it's a different rim. It's just a different everything. It's a different. The so car they didn't weighs... have the right. They didn't have the right components to do the right testing. Is what exactly, Goodyear's yeah. going to say? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there just wasn't enough time. I mean, because there were a lot of teams that didn't even have a lot of backup cars. If you remember, if you remember to start the year. There were a lot of teams worried about going to Daytona and wrecking a car and not having a backup car to go to to race in the biggest race of the year. So between NASCAR rushing it, you've got your supply chain issues with part shortages. I mean, this whole thing was almost doomed to fail to start, you know, and and so far it's worked out, you know, a decent, I'd say a decent amount, but um there just wasn't enough testing with the number i mean this whole thing is a brand new car brand new tire brand new rim brand new basically everything so there's just so many bugs that they've got to work out unfortunately they haven't figured it all out yet to this point well the the tire issue uh was a big deal for some big name and some favorites for to to win the race 
Kyle Busch and Kyle, well, Larson started with the right uh, right rear. Um, he blew a tire, hit the wall hard, and then Kyle Busch had that tire issue. His left rear goes down, and he dips down. Chastain tries to avoid him, but doesn't, clips him, and flies through the air, and then smashes into Elliott. So that one tire took out Busch, Chastain, and Elliott all in one all in one swoop. So it's definitely impacting races and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. And speaking of that wreck, if you, if you think about who the favorites were for the all-star race, those are three of the, I'd say top four favorites. With going Larson into the race. The four. Larson, Bush, Chastain, Elliot. Those were the top four odds guys going into that race. And, and two, two issues essentially took out, took out the top four uh, favorites. So, I mean, that wreck was pretty wild and, and nobody could race, do anything about it. And that's, that's yeah, why it's gotta yep. be frustrating for the drivers and these teams. Cause yep, exa- exactly. And if you saw, man, I mean, Chastain with his car, I mean, his car basically was on its side. Yeah. He is so lucky that he did not start barrel rolling down and, you know, going into turn one part of turn two. Cause that was one of the more gnarly wrecks that I've seen to this point. So, I know we just shit on this next gen car and and NASCAR for the last ten minutes, but let's give some props that the car didn't flip. So whatever kind of engineering they did to to keep the car on the ground, yeah, that very easily could have been a uh, a very serious crash instead of just a uh, a nasty one. So um, at least at least it seems to be working for that. So um, obviously, let's talk about the end of the race. Um, so already a boring, terrible race. And then as Blaney is crossing the finish line, they throw the caution for a car spinning out on the backstretch. So when I was watching the TV, I saw the, the, the yellow lights flash before he crossed. And I was like, man, that's, they're not going to not give it to him. Right. (laughs) Like that was just a bad timing. And then they went and. And they were like, he even said on the radio, he's like, wait, the race isn't over yet. <laughs> like he, he, he was baffled. It was, it was just a, a complete, a complete joke for NASCAR to throw that caution. Yep. So to kind of set the stage with that during a normal race, if you see the white flag and a caution comes out, the race is over. So when he's coming to the checkered flag, he's 30 feet from the finish line and like you said, that's when they switch the caution on through a caution. A joke. In a in a normal race, he wins. He still wins that race. The race is over. But because it was the all-star race, they, they made a rule change where they had to finish under green. And so when that happened, I imme- immediately thought of Carl Edwards. <laughs> Justin Orton's favorite driver, Carl Edwards. There's been a lot of a lot of theories about why Carl Edwards decided to retire out of NASCAR at such a young age driver-wise when when basically he was in the prime of his career and a lot of people out there who know him pretty well think that he was tired of NASCAR's BS, their bogus cautions, their ghost cautions, whatever you want to call them, and essentially that's why he retired. So when they threw a caution flag because of Ricky Stenhouse 
or Recky Stenhouse, as Thomas Fink likes to call him, <laughs> hit the wall. There wasn't, I mean, yeah, he hit the wall, but there was no one around him. It was the last lap, no one around him. Why they threw that caution flag is mind blowing. But when they threw that in Blaney, before Blaney crossed the finish line, I immediately thought of this is NASCAR trying to drum up a, a last a last ditch restart to try to drum up some excitement for this boring race. And man, they caught some flack on, on social media because of that. I mean, they, they almost ruined the race. Like it was a terrible race, but they almost just completely ruined it. And then we had the issue with the netting. So he can't, he, he takes down his, his, his net and his safety net can't get it back up. So he's like messing with it and he gets it somehow up to, to stay up and then nascar's like well we saw him with two hands on the wheel and so we just assumed that it was it was good um and then yeah got denny hamlin coming out and saying that uh that he should have made him pit and safety of the drivers and you know he doesn't really have anything to do with him wanting to win the million dollars or anything but um exactly exactly <laughs> no and and, you know, everyone on social media, like, it, it was unbelievable to me how many people on social media responded like, if Ryan Blaney doesn't win this rate, dot, race, dot, 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 they Seriously. just threw a caution, question mark, <laughs> what the hell just happened, question mark. I mean, everyone was baffled by their decision to throw a caution. And, and in NASCAR's defense. The director of competition came out after the race, rightfully so, with how much you know drama was involved, and said basically that that they should not have threw the caution. They jumped the gun. No they shit. Threw the caution, and it should not have happened. So, I mean, NASCAR has made some pretty big goofs here in the last two years uh, with cautions too early, or if you think about last year. Um, I think it was Richmond or New Hampshire when it was raining and they still decided to throw the green flag at, in the race and Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch going to turn one. It's wet. The track is soaked. You have racing tires on a race car that it's not going to have any grip and they both crash into turn one and then NASCAR comes out after the fact saying, yeah, we probably shouldn't have threw the green flag. So um, unfortunately, NASCAR has made some pretty big mistakes here in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, that was one of them. But thank God Ryan Blaney, you know, ended up still winning that race because there was there was going to be a lot of heat coming NASCAR's way if he if he unfortunately didn't win that race. You had to think that NASCAR was secretly rooting for Blaney after that disaster they're you know 100 they, they were they were the restart going they're just praying please blaney just finish this one off just save us some heat because we don't yep. we don't want to deal with this so um yeah for sure i got one final thought question for you on the all-star race um so the all-star race and all-star time is a time for them to you know obviously celebrate the drivers and and the sport and as as a newer nascar fan uh that got into it through friends and and you know things like that it didn't really seem like nascar did anything to draw in additional viewers or you know you said you mentioned it charlotte was like a week-long thing um i didn't hear about anything in texas that you know was kind of a celebration all week long what 
what could they do differently or or is this just the way that it is to appeal to to a different generation or different crowd that maybe wouldn't be exposed to NASCAR? Well, so there's there's quite a few things that they could do differently. And the first the first problem NASCAR has is you've got a couple families that are kind of running the show behind the scenes for NASCAR. Um, and unfortunately, one of the families is the owner of the Texas Motor Speedway. It's it's the Smith family. They're they're very big in NASCAR, and so there's politics involved, which always, a, a, as you know, I mean, when there's politics involved, it, it, it's, it does, there's not a good outcome. We'll put it to you that way. There's just never as a good outcome. So step one would be to maybe somehow work along the, you know, work around that. And, and for the betterment of NASCAR, for the betterment of, of the drivers and fans to maybe pick a track that is more entertaining, uh, than Texas. That's that's step one. If you go on out on Twitter, um, between the between the fan between the NASCAR drivers, their families, other big media people in NASCAR, they think it basically should go back to Charlotte and make it a like make it a week long event where where the fans take take precedent. I mean, it's because of the fans that NASCAR exists. So. Me personally, I think they should move it back to Charlotte. They should make it an, a week-long event like they did in the past. And, and another idea I saw on Twitter is why why have the race on a Sunday night when kids have school the following morning, it's you a know, good idea. on Monday. It's a good point. Make it a Saturday night Saturday afternoon Saturday night event so everybody can watch it or if people want to go to it, they can go to it and not worry about having to go to work and school the following day. So those are some of the quick, easy things, in my opinion, that they could change um, to make this a much better all-star race and to really put a show on for the fans that that rightfully, you know, they deserve. And maybe it's it just comes down to the race. Maybe maybe I'm looking for to be entertained by something because the race sucked. And so, you know, maybe they're looking for something to take the place of it. But um, it's pretty ridiculous that... It just feels like they that NASCAR wastes the opportunity to to grow its fan base. So, um, yep, I agree one hundred percent. But there's a lot of things they can do, but we'll we'll see if they make any changes. Sounds like they they won't, from what I understand. So, um, let's get into the fantasy uh, discussion. So, obviously, the All Star race is not a points race, so there is no change to the fantasy standings. Um, before we go too far. Zach and I owe an ap- apology to one of the uh, members of the league. Taylor Slice uh, has been at the top of the leaderboard for most of the year this year. And he is currently second. And we have been neglecting him from the rookie standings. So we want to apologize to Taylor Uh Unfortunately, when you have a stat guy like Norton, sometimes things slip through, and hopefully we can get it right. So we apologize to Taylor. Uh, he is a rookie. This is his first year, and he is he's kind of doing the Thomas Fink where he's uh, trying to win it in his in his first year. So apologies to Taylor for for not mentioning you previously. So uh, one other thing that we wanted to talk about was uh, this is the fifth season 
of fantasy NASCAR. And I know Norton tweeted this out, but just wanted to to shout him out on the podcast. There's there's ten people that have been in this league every year that it's that it's been around. So we just felt it was a, a appropriate time to give them a, a shout out. So the following people have been in this league since the beginning. Uh, Adam Studer, Dan Grable, who has won it, I believe, a couple times or two years ago, came in first and third. Ryan Brash, obviously Justin Norton, Jared Matheson, Josh Rolfus, myself, Dale Weir, Zach Dick, Tracy Norton, and Cassie Ruschenberg. I hope that's how you say that. So thank you guys for, for being a part of this league from the beginning. Uh, felt you guys deserved a, a special shout out on the podcast for, for being a part of it since the beginning. So um, let's uh, let's take a look at swaps, Zach. What do we got? Yeah, no, good shout out to the t- to the uh, t- ten people that have that have been with us since since day one. It's uh, it's fun to fun to see you know how far this thing has grown here in the last five years. So hopefully we can just keep this going. Um, in regards to swaps, though, there has been forty total swaps this year. By f- the Chastain is by far the most picked up driver with fifteen teams opting to pick him up. So almost fifty percent of the swaps this year has been in has been Chastain, which is rightfully so. You know, you think about how cheap he is and how he's performed to this point. I mean, he's been a, if you want to look at the stats, he's probably been a 17 to 18 point driver and he's 13, 13 points. So it's definitely not surprising that he's been picked up that many times. Yep. So some recent swaps this week. um, And this is as of, I'd say today at noon, uh, two teams decided to kick Harvick to the curb. One picked up Ryan Blaney. One picked up Alex Bowman, and then one traded out Keselowski for Chastain. All good swaps for me. I like them. Yeah, I, I see no issues with that. It's definitely no Willie Byron for for Kyle Larson trade. So let's look at the race coming up. So we've got Charlotte Motor Speedway, the longest race of the year. This is your second favorite race, Zach. This is my second favorite race. Daytona 500 is by far my favorite race of the year. Sure. But the Coca-Cola 600 is a close second. And in general, it's just it's my second favorite race weekend of the year because it follows the Indy 500. You know, you don't have a lot of a lot of fans aren't IndyCar fans and NASCAR fans, but it's just a really fun day if if you like racing in general. Indy 500, biggest race of the IndyCar series. It's the crown jewel of the Indy uh, of the IndyCar series, and then it's followed up with the Coca-Cola 600, which is by far the longest race on the circuit for NASCAR. So it's just a fun Sunday in general. Yeah, the Indy 500. I I used to live in Indiana, and that it uh, the Indy 500 takes over the month of May in that state. So it's it's a a pretty big deal for for the state and and obviously anybody that's a, a racing fan so it is going to be uh exciting an exciting race hopefully so an exciting week race weekend um yeah and and for you nascar you know you jimmy johnson fans out there jimmy johnson is racing in the indy 500 this year that's gonna be exciting he, yep so he raced last year in any car but he didn't race in any ovals this year he decided to have ovals to his list so He's got a really fast car to this point. I think he qualified in the top 10, if I remember um, correctly. 
So we'll, we'll see what he can do, at, you know, at the, at the Indy 500 uh, for a man that, that has some, you know, Brickyard 400 and a couple, couple NASCAR championships under his belt. We'll kind of see how he does with the IndyCar boys. It's going to be interesting. But, to, yeah, I've been looking forward to that. Yeah, and, and and one more Indy 500 thing here. I'm a big Are Mark we turning Landry. into an Indy 500 podcast? No. Just 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 pimping the weekend, man. I hear one you. of the best weekends, one of the best weekends of the year. But Marco Andretti is not racing in the IndyCar series this year, but he is racing at the Indy 500. So for all you Andretti Motorsport fans, I mean they're probably the fam, the IndyCar family. Yeah, if you want to sure. look at you know grandpa, dad, son, it, it, it you know hopefully he has a good race and, and see him up front because that'd be fun to see with the Andretti name. But speaking of Charlotte Motor Speedway, I, f- I was able to find a couple really interesting facts about All this right. racetrack that I think are going to blow some people away All here. All right, hit me with your facts here, Zach. Zach's Fact facts. one. You got Zach's, Zach's facts. facts. Here we, here <laughs> here we, we go. go. We, we just created something here. <laughs> here we Zach's go. We got facts. Zach's facts. Let's hit, hit me with them. Fact one. President George Washington once ate lunch and rested in a house that once served as the Speedway's office. Do you just make these up? I'm starting to think that you just make these up. I wish I I wish I was that smart. That is not the case. <laughs> How, that is a fact. That's pretty that cool. Is fact one. Fact two. The track was built on a landfill. Turn three of the Charlotte Motor Speedway was a landfill. Kind of crazy. That's a fact. <laughs> Okay. So Fact that's three. <laughs> it was built and debuted in 1960, and that is when the first World 600, which is now known as the Coca Six Coca Cola 600, was ran. It is the first NASCAR racetrack with lights. Hey, all right. And, and for all you Midwesterners, I got to give a shout out to Musco Lighting of Oskaloosa, Iowa. They are the official light company of NASCAR, as well as a bunch of sports, you know, stadiums, complexes, right in Oskaloosa, Iowa, which is pretty crazy. But Charlotte was the first motor speedway with lights. So basically we had the first lighted night NASCAR race, which I thought was pretty cool. Love it. Speaking of the fan experience. So Charlotte Motor Speedway is all about the fan experience. Again, this is why the All-Star Race should be held in Charlotte, in my opinion. But they revolutionized the fan experience by putting the world's largest HDTV on the backstretch. So when you go to when you watch the race this Sunday, it's it's going to be very very easy to see, but you look at the backstretch, there is a giant TV and the reason why they put that there is so basically fans in turn four through turn one can see the race at all times, which I thought was pretty cool. The second to last fact for you, Josh, it, this racetrack is a, it's considered an intermediate track, but you have the one and a half mile racetrack. You have the Roval Road Course, which is now a playoff. It's on the playoff calendar that is in the infield. You also have a half mile or a quarter mile oval on the front stretch, which is where Bandoleros and a couple other series races on the front stretch. So if you look at the front stretch, there's kind of two pieces in the grass that 
that are paved. So it turns into like a mini, a mini circle there. So they have a little race there on the front stretch and they also have a go-kart track in the infield. So there is multiple different types of racing at this racetrack, which is pretty cool. And for the last fun, fun, fun fact of the evening. Oh, these are Zach's facts. The last (laughs) Zach's facts of the evening is Charlotte, from a city standpoint, is home to every single NASCAR team minus Wood Brothers Racing, which is based in Virginia. So Charlotte Motor Speedway has always been a considered a home race for for the NASCAR teams. So there is a lot of bragging rights involved for whoever wins this race. So that is an added element of of teams wanting to win this race race because it is in their backyard. Why are all the teams from Charlotte? You know what? I don't know the answer to that, but it, a lot. Like I said. Charlotte has become basically the NASCAR hub. I'm not sure exactly why, but everyone is based in Charlotte or the surrounding suburbs. And and a lot of the drivers, you know, obviously they live there nine months out of the year. Uh, A lot of the drivers live live on a lake called Lake Norman. I guess there's just some mega mansions down there in Lake Norman. So, um, Sounds like you just made a a sales pitch for the All-Star Race to go back to Charlotte. I'm not. I'm not the first, and I won't be the last. I, I think that's where it belongs. I mean, the home of NASCAR. That's where the teams are. They've already, you know, Let the put drivers a, go home. Yeah, exactly. They put a hell hell of a show together in the past for these for the fans and the in these teams. So why not bring them back? Bring it back to where it belongs. You convinced me. I'm on Team Charlotte now. Congratulations. Well, you did it. Again, we'll see. We'll see with with the politics involved in NASCAR if if they are able to get it moved to a different. How many years track. has it been at, at Texas? Well, so during COVID, they moved it to Bristol, which is awesome. That that is the first race that they decided to uh, put some under car lights on the cars. If you remember that correctly, I do remember, remember that. that. I actually thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I I didn't mind it, you know, a night race have some lights under the car, just added excitement, I guess. But so it went from Charlotte, then it went to Bristol, then it went to Texas, and, and hopefully it leaves Texas because I think everyone agrees. Yeah, uh, um, that that Texas was just a bad race, and and to back that up, Jeff Gluck's poll on Twitter, our boy Jeff Gluck, he he put a poll out asking fans what their thoughts were, and you will not believe this. I figured it would be bad, but I didn't know it would be this bad. Out of 239 polls or 239 races, the Texas All-Star Race finished dead last. Wow. Dead last. That just tells you how much it, everyone hated it. Yep. So if that if that doesn't tell NASCAR what it needs to do, I'm not sure anything will. But when you look at Charlotte from a, from a team standpoint, like I said, this is a home Home race for all these NASCAR teams. Bragging rights are involved. The, te- the teams that stick out to me from a, from a stat standpoint, Team Penske, since February of 19, has an average finish of ninth place. So they've, they've been fast at Charlotte. Hendrick Motorsports, they're always fast at Charlotte. They've got quite a few wins under their belt. They have an average finish 11th. And then Richard Childress Racing and Joe Gibbs Racing are basically neck and neck with 14.3 and 15. So those are the four teams that have performed well in the past at Charlotte. 
And when you look at the active driver finishing list, this is the active driver list. Tyler Reddick leads the field with a 10.3 average finish. Tyler Reddick. As we've seen this year, he's had fast cars. So we'll see if he can put a full race together here. Speed hasn't been the issue. Uh, He's always just had some bad luck pop up. So he leads... He leads the active driver list with a, with an average finish of 10.3. And then you have your typical drivers that you would think would finish up there. Chase Elliott, 11.9. Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, basically a mere average finish of 12.3. So those are some drivers to look out for. The drivers with the most active wins are Martin Truex Jr. and Kevin Harvick. They both have three. When you look at those two drivers, I think Truex would have the better chance of winning between those two drivers. Harvick sure. just doesn't have a lot of speed this year. Joe Gibbs, it seems like they've turned the corner. So Truex is the driver to look out for here come uh, come Sunday. And then when you look at last year's race, Kyle Larson was <laughs> the cream of the crop, dominated the race, led almost the entire thing, and won it uh, smooth sailing. So... It'll be interesting to see if if that team can rebound from from the all-star race and put a race together and kind of look like his old self. So betting odds here, looking at at the favorites, Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson, the favorites at plus uh, 550. So really not a surprise there. Chase Elliott plus 600. Uh, You mentioned Martin Truex leading with uh, three wins, all all active drivers. Uh, He's at plus 1,000. And then we got a couple names at plus 1,200, Byron, Blaney, and Hamlin, which are kind of interesting names for that that uh, that price. So um, those are kind of your betting odds of, of uh, going into to this weekend. And you see any value in any of those picks there, Zach? Yeah. I mean, Truex at plus 1,000 would be a – I think that that'd be, that's a pretty good return for your money if if he does win it at, or, or you know does pull it off. Hamlin, Byron, and Blaney. I mean, I could see any of those three guys winning it at plus yeah. twelve hundred. Those are pretty good odds. So, um, but like you said, the, Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, the co favorites at plus five fifty. I'm not surprised that surprised by that at all. I mean, they've had really fast cars all year. They don't have the finishes to really show for it, especially speaking of Larson, but. They've got fast cars, so I'm not surprised with with them being the front runners at this point. Seriously, if Kyle Busch has a car anywhere near as fast as he had in that All Star race, it's not even going to be close. He had his car was so fast. I, I would agree. I would agree, and and he's had some pretty good success at Charlotte, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him up front and and in contention there at the end. So so with all of that in mind, Josh, who is your pick? Of the weekend to so, win the Coca Cola 600. So are we gonna are we giving out a pick that's based on the the betting app like betting odds or are we just giving a driver that we think is gonna to win? You can do you can do both if you like, but I, I think just the winner of the race. Who who do you think is gonna win the race? So I I uh, I'm gonna go with Denny Hamlin. Um, I think. His, he's got some some good value at, at plus 1200 and it's too easy to pick Kyle Bush and Kyle Larson and so he's got like you said average finish of 12.3 uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, with Denny Hamlin and he gets Joe Gibbs racing back on on track 
Are you are you not worried at all with his pit crew? Um, are they finally suspended? There's, there's going to be yep. So this is this is race one that they've got to serve their suspension. They lost ah. the appeal, so this is race one. Mm, I didn't know that. Pit strategy usually becomes part of the scenario at, at the Coca Cola Six Hundred because of well, how let me long tell this you, race is. Hamlin's pit crew has been on point all year. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have okay. to change. So, I I think oh, I can't go against. I'm gonna stick with Hamlin. I I think okay. that oh, you just you almost talked me out of it. But I'm gonna I'm going to stick with Hamlin because that's that's who I picked first. So regardless of all the pit issues, I'm going with Hamlin. Who you got? All right. Fair enough. So from a betting odds standpoint. I like Martin Truex at plus 1,000. He's won there three times. Joe Gibbs Racing, in my opinion, has turned the corner. They've got speed. He didn't show anything at Texas, but again, Texas was a was just a terrible, yeah, terrible you can't race, put anything terrible in track. Texas. You can't put any weight on that. Nope. My pick, based on betting odds, is Martin Truex Jr. at plus 1,000. But if I have to pick a driver who is going to win, the Coca-Cola 600 and not factor in the odds or any betting whatsoever. This is the weekend that the M&M's Toyota Camry is in victory lane. Dude, I knew you were going to say that. I'm going with my boy, my boy, Kyle Busch, to recover after last weekend and, and bring the speed back to Charlotte and get another victory. You are, you are my, you might be the worst person. Kyle... <laughs> Just reality, man. It's just uh, reality. You got to call a spade a spade. He he's got a fast car. He's done I, fairly well at Charlotte. I just don't want to see him win it. But you're right. He it's it's a it's a smart pick. But and I say my boy because he's grown on me. My 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 true driver is Truex. So I've kind of picked you know my my one A and one B. So it's it's a win for me either way. You are yeah. You are uh, you're definitely branching out from from your favorite driver of Truex to add on to to Kyle Busch so it's, it's the same stable though so you know it's the same stable I mean, safe, so that'd same be like team. me saying I'm a Chase Elliott fan but I also like Byron and Bowman and Larson yeah and there's nothing wrong with that I like all those guys then then I'm I like kicking your ass because those guys my, my stable's way better than your stable <laughs> so no anyways I all I right think, I, I think Kyle Busch has a really good chance to win this well it's it's, it's gonna weekend. be a fun race I look forward to to watching it. Um, obviously, hopefully, we get the the live tweeting from from Justin this weekend, and uh, any fan interaction we could get on Twitter would be great as well. So, um, any final thoughts you got, Zach, before we we end this one? One, I hope tire issue does not become part of the race discussion. We'll be watching that one for sure. So let's hope that 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 is not part of the storyline. Again, appreciate all the listeners out there. Uh, you know, we're doing this for you. So, again, if you have any feedback whatsoever, you want us to talk about something, you want us to not talk about something, definitely let us know. We are not opposed to changing how we do things if you think it's for the better of, of the podcast. For sure. Absolutely. And, and Zach, always a pleasure doing this with you. Uh, one of my highlights of the week is sitting down talking some NASCAR with you. And uh, obviously we had uh, a guest with us tonight as well. So it was uh, a very fun time. And, and thank you for listening and tuning in. And uh, 
Make sure you hit subscribe so you know when the new episodes drop, and we'll be ready for some more points race. Let's have some fun this weekend, boys. All right, let's go racing. All right, have a good night. Yeah, you too. See ya. Oh, my mind.